What up, peeps? Nick Battle, aka Nino's Cornerman. Look, this the live call-in show, Texas versus Kansas State live call-in show here for the Horns Corner portion of the Nino's Corner podcast, folks. Uh, Texas beats Kansas State thirty-three to thirty. After having a 27-7 to lead in this game, Texas was up by 20 points at one time. They started off up by 17, let the game slip back. You know, uh, Texas had some turnovers, man, um, and this game could have went a total different way if those if, if Texas would have had a couple more turnovers that Kansas State uh, just didn't capitalize on. Kansas State dropped two interceptions in this game, one in the end zone and uh, also one on the Texas side of the field, which would have given them a short – you know, field also. But folks, man, hell of a game here by Texas. Shows their strength, uh, shows their ability to come back, uh, shows their um, ability just to be a tough team, man. Uh, just a hard-nosed team with a hard-fought win. Texas is now 8-1. This isn't the time to complain, folks. This isn't the time to complain. It's the time to say, look, we're 8-1. Um, we didn't play, uh, you know, our best game by no means. However, we still got the win. What's up, Paxton? How you doing, buddy? Um, Look, folks, if you want to dial in here to the to the call in show, man, look, press that link is pinned here to the top. Um, but also, folks, like, comment and subscribe to these videos in this channel. It helps me grow the channel a lot. Man, hell of a win, folks. Thirty three to thirty against Kansas State. I said earlier this year, besides the Alabama game, I thought the Kansas State game was going to be the toughest uh, team that we would have probably played this year. Um, of course, we did lose to Oklahoma, but that was I think that was self-inflicted wounds there, folks. But. This Kansas State team is is a hard team, uh, pause, um, uh, a gritty team. Uh, this is a team, folks, that I tell you what, man, uh, there's a lot of older folks in this team, uh, a veteran team. Uh, Will Howard, you know, probably had his best game as a um, as a uh, Kansas State, you know, player. Um, he diced up our uh, our defense pretty well once once they decided to pass the ball. One thing I will say, though, man, Texas, I tell you, Texas, man, um, limiting uh, Kansas State to just 43 yards rushing on 28 uh, attempts, folks. Outstanding day from, from a Texas defense when it comes to the run game. Uh, Quinn Day today now interesting packs, and I was just about to hit on that. Usually when a player is going to be out, you know, like a significant amount of time, Sark goes, what, week to week? Um, Sark has backed down off there week to week. Now he is day to day, uh, which means maybe there's an opportunity we see Quinn Ewers here against TCU. Now, folks, you guys might remember I had a video come out. I was talking about who the most important player here is on the Texas roster. And I said the most important player is Malik Murphy. And I said that, folks, because uh, Quinn hasn't been a healthy guy on this team, on his team since his sophomore year in high school, that we were going to have to depend on our backup to come in and do some great things for us. Well, we didn't win because of Malik Murphy, but I tell you what, we we had a backup quarterback in who didn't play his A game or his B game. He played pretty much a C game, and we were still able to get wins. We had a backup quarterback start two games and get us. We had two wins with a backup quarterback. All right, uh, look, Malik has done his job. If he doesn't play anymore, he's done his job. He he helped us get these wins. This is an opportunity. We did not want to see an Arch Manning come in here and have to do this as a true freshman against a gritty Kansas State team. Malik took the lumps for us, man. Uh, which look, dude, dude is um he got he got blood running through his veins. What's up, B. Taylor? 
But man, the turnovers were something that has to get better. He has to, if he is called upon to have to play in this next game against TCU, we got to shore up those turnovers, man. We can't have any more of that. Um, Malik had a lot of time to run too. Man, I tell you what, man, uh, he had a lot of opportunity to run in the game and he didn't take it, um, which is something I think Quinn would have taken. Uh, but talking about running, you have to have running lanes to run and great blocking to run. And shout out to the job that Cam Williams has did. Now, now, folks, I understand he had three false start penalties. We get it. But go back and look at the game. I watched the game twice now um, since the game came on. I watched it twice. Um, what's up, Dustin? How you doing, big dude? Um, yeah, I watched the game twice. And the first time I watched it, I wanted to just see the overall game, see the feel of the game, see, you know, did I miss anything? Was I just in my emotions when I thought that Texas should have called another play instead of what we did? Um, but the second time I watched it, I specifically looked at number 56, Big Cam Williams, because that is the future at right tackle here at Texas. Yeah. Hey, Taylor's heard the best. Al Davis says just win, baby, win. Uh, Paxton says is blue turnover prone or something. I want to see more of him. We'll get into that in a minute. But the second time I watched this game, I sat there and I watched number 56. Yes, he had three false start penalties. But, folks, this was his first time starting a game since high school. And the first time he started a game, I tell you what, folks, it, it was against the number 23 team in the country. Now, he blocked extremely well, extremely well. I looked at Pro Football Focus, and I think Nash actually sent me these, uh, these stats here. Man, he was the, he was the second-highest-graded pass blocker on the team this past weekend behind Hayden Connor. That was big Kim Williams, man, that with the three penalties, right? So, man, the future is going to be bright here for Texas on the offensive line. We're seeing exactly what Kyle Flood wants when he says he wants big humans. Kim Williams is a big human, dude. He's a big human, man. And I tell you what, that line next year going to the SEC, it's going to be sick. It's going to be filthy. All right. You're going to have Kelvin Banks, uh, you know, at, at left tackle. Left guard is going to be a dogfight. Is 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 Hayden Garner, is Hayden Connor going to be able to hold off Neto? Right. At center, we got Jake Majors, but is he going to be able to hold off Cole Hudson? Right. At right guard, we got DJ Campbell. But is DJ Campbell going to be able to hold off Cole Hudson too? Right. And then at right tackle, you got big Cam Williams. Folks, we are going to have some dogs on this team next year for the offensive line. No matter who's the starting quarterback next year. Is it Quinn? Does he come back? Is it Arch? Right. Is it is it um is it Malik? I mean, who's going to be the starting quarterback next year? But whoever it is, they're going to be behind a lot of guys on the offensive line. And then the backup guys having guys like Agbo, who is now. A tight end now. He's basically a glorified extra lineman when he comes in for that jumbo package, right? Who else we got? Peyton Kirkland, Kojo, Connor Stroh, who I'm the president of his fan club. I love Connor Stroh. Um, Goosby. Man, we got some dogs, man. We got some dogs. And then the guys we're bringing in this year too, man. Man, look, I'm excited about the future of this team in the trenches, especially on the offensive side of the ball. It is going to be something serious. Walter Schultz says Malik has zero fear of multiple. <laughs> you ain't lying, big Walter, man. Malik, the, hey, it's no Fs given with him when it comes to throwing the ball, man. I mean, he has a very short memory. Like, I, I will give Malik that very short memory, right? I, I ain't hating, though, because, look, 
He should have had four interceptions in his last game. I'm just going to keep it funky with you. He should have had four interceptions in his last game, right? But Sark put the trust in him in that fourth quarter to come and deliver for us. And I'm telling you, that fourth down pass that he threw to um, Sanders for 16 yards, I mean, that's like when he puts everything together and and the mind slows down, the game slows down for him. Man, the dude is talented. We just got to be able to ooze that talent out of him and to assure that we don't become a turnover-prone machine when he's in the game. Now, man, look, that offensive line, dude, something serious. Dustin says it best, man. Yo, shout out to Cam Williams, big humans. Yes, he played an outstanding game, man, minus those three penalties. I'm not even worried about those three penalties. Those are things that get cleaned up and crisped up, okay? Because guess it's his first game starting, man. His first game starting, he's starting against Kansas State, the Purple Wizards, man. Those guys have always been a problem in our side. We play close games against them. They're a well-coached team. Climbing has this team playing outstanding. That's just their well-coached team, folks. They were the Big 12, they're the defending Big 12 champions from last year. Good team, really good team. Texas stopped that team. They ran for 43 yards on 28 carries, folks. That is like, what is that? One point what? I don't know, 1.8 yards a carry, something like that. Passing trying to be funny here, talking about Trey Owens. I see you. I see you. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, Trey got nice tape, man. But look, we got, we got, man, just just think about this for a minute. What if Quinn does does actually decide to come back? You know, so we'll see, man. It's gonna be very interesting. Um Dustin Jones says, I love how even majors openly said there's no drop off between Jones and Williams. Yes, man. That was beautiful to see Big Cam Williams coming there and do his thing. And if you love to look at the offensive line like I do, man, I, I I studied that line that second time I watched the film. Man, Cam Williams was getting, he was not only hitting the end, he was going to the second level, hitting the linebacker. He was getting on the DB. I mean, he was, he was filthy. Oh, he was filthy, man. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, Blackwell played outstanding. And so me and Steven um, were talking about this on his podcast after the game, me, him, and Kieran. We were basically saying that game against Oklahoma that we lost on that last play when uh, Gabriel throws that touchdown, right? We see Derrick Williams. We're seeing the future of this team, folks. We're seeing five stars everywhere are on the field impacting. Derrick Williams – um, as Anderson uh, motions, Derek Williams is passing him off. He's saying, he's saying, my, get him, get him, get him. My guy, get him, get him, right? He's telling uh, Benda to get him. But Benda's not that. He is the guy that you want covering uh, a tight end or a wide receiver. He's just not that good in coverage. I, mean, I shouldn't say that. He's not that good. That's not his strength. That's Blackwell's strength. Blackwell played a little bit of safety in high school. He's more athletic. Um Flips his hips a lot better. You know, the Bender Bender's like a C ball, hit ball, right? And he's great at it. He's really good at what he does, and he deserves some credit. But we didn't have the competitive depth in that game against Oklahoma. I don't think Blackwell was playing in that game. But we now we're seeing how versatile this team could be with the different packages that Texas has for these guys, right? Blackwell played outstanding. I mean, he is all over the place. He's flying all over the place. Um, but, look, I say all that to say against Oklahoma, that would have been Blackwell. In that position is Derek Williams is calling, you know, man, 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 get him. As Derek Williams is calling that, that is that would have been Blackwell to be able to take. And I think that was a whole different play of Blackwell's there. Paxson says, yes, he goes, yes, we need a Blackwell bad against Oklahoma. We did. Um, Paxson also says, I love Jaron Thompson, but he ah, look, 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 I'm not gonna get on the kids like that. Jaron Thompson had a he had a really good game, you know, like this defense had a good game. This this team did not get beat deep a lot this game. 
Um, matter of fact, I have the stats on this. Um, just just the um, explosive plays that were given up by this team. And I tell you what, it was not a big uh, uh, number, right? So when I look at the explosive plays, uh, Kansas State had five explosive plays in this game out of 73 plays. They had a, a explosive play rate, folks, of about 7%, 6.85%, right? Um, they had 392 total yards of offense. 128 of those yards of offense came from explosive plays, meaning running plays over 15 yards or more, passing plays uh, over 20 yards or more. That's 32.6%. So let's say 33% of their total yards for this game came from explosive plays. Now, look at Texas. Texas, on the other hand, big difference. Eight explosive plays out of 74 plays, 10.8%. So just say 11% of Texas's total plays were running plays that were 15 yards or more or passing plays that were 20 yards or more. 241 yards of their 478 total yardage were explosive play yards, folks. Now, when I look at this, that is 50.42% of over half of Texas's total yards came from explosive plays. And if you see the trend in that, you go back and look at Sark's uh, team set at Alabama, right? When he had Mac Jones and Tua, that number was very high. It, it was It was to that extent. It was it was something serious, man. It was it was it was to that extent. This team, um, this team, that is what they do. That is at the uh, Paxson. I, hey, look, I'm getting to the stats in a minute. I'm getting to the stats, Paxson. You ahead of me, baby. <laughs> you ahead of me, man. Let's get into these stats, man. Paxson says, get into the stats. Let's get into them. What's up, two four seven? Uh, hook him, man. Uh, Paxson says, yeah, hook him. So yeah, let's get into these stats, man. Let, let's share the screen here. Uh, oops, there we go. Bam. All right. Get into the stats analysis, man. Let's look at the running backs. All right. CJ Baxter had a great game. Let's start with CJ. CJ Baxter, looking at his stats here for the Kansas State game. Look at that NCN number, folks 103.14. The average NCN number is between 45 and 50 points, depending on, uh, you know, like just a year, but, you know, usually around 45 to 50 points. He doubled that. He had a hell of a game, folks. 10 rushes, 90 yards, nine yards of carry, three first downs. So 30% of his carries were for first downs. Outstanding. You want him every third, every third touch a running back gets you. Ideally, you want him to have a first down. That means I can give it to I can give you that ball three times in a row and never go to fourth down. That's exactly what you want. Um, one touchdown off of that play. Sark had that play dialed up perfectly. I think it was what a 56-yard run or a 46-yard run by Baxter on that fourth down play. Outstanding play call by Sark. He tried to go in that well again later in the game. And I thought he should have probably went away from that. But he was aggressive, all gas, no breaks. Touchdown on a fourth down play. Baxter's running, sprints, does the uh does like the Usain Bolt into the end zone, does his thing. All right. Two explosive plays, meaning plays that are 15 yards more in the rushing game. Of course, that one long rush, right, um, you know, for the touchdown. And I think in the start, the third quarter, Baxter had uh, a 16-yard run, if I'm not mistaken. So that's that other explosive play. So 20% of his carries, look, one out of every five plays, explosive play. Outstanding. Five successful rushing plays out of the nine that he had. Or, or out of the 10 that he had. So a 50% successful play per attempt. Now, folks, successful play rates are 
uh, plays that um, on first down, you're getting at least half the yards. Second down, um, at least uh, 70% of the yards. And on third down, you're getting all the yardage. And on fourth down, the same all the yardage. So those are successful plays. Cedric Baxter had a 50% uh, successful play rate outstanding. All right, let's go to Jonathan Brooks, man. Jonathan Brooks is 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 just outstanding. He's outstanding, man. Um, Brooks, man. And folks, if, if you want to look at these stats, go to go to ninoscornersports.com. Everything is up here. You know, eat them up, digest them, whatever. Uh, but yeah, go to my website. You'll see how this Brooks, 22 carries, 112 yards, five yards per attempt, 41.62 NCN number. Now you guys are wondering, these numbers don't look bad. What's up with this? The fumble. The fumble brought that number down. It brought it down to below average. I look at ball security for a running back. It is, is very high into my calculation. That fumble brought that number down. And it was a lost fumble. If it was a fumble that wasn't lost, it would not have counted nearly as much. I mean, that number is very, very small. But when you lose a fumble, that's when that number goes down. So 41.62 below average because of that. Other thing, everything else, um, you know, considered outstanding game by Brooks. Okay, six first downs on 22 attempts, 27.3%, one touchdown, um, two explosive plays as well at a 9% rate, and nine successful plays out of those 22 carries, so at a 41% rate, so 40.9%, man, and one fumble. That's what's kicking this number in the butt. But let's go take a look at Brooks for the entire season, folks, right here. 2023 season, 75.07 NCN number. Those are Bijan numbers, folks. Those are Bijan numbers, right? NCN receiving, Bijan's was higher than that. So Bijan can really catch the ball. Um, but, you know, 43.58 is not shabby for a running back as well. 166 for 1,034 yards, uh, 47 first downs out of those 166 carries. Eight touchdowns, folks. You can't get you gotta love it. A five percent rate for his touchdown, four point eight percent, and fifteen explosive plays. So nine percent of every so nine percent of the time he touched the ball is going for 15 yards or more. Not a bad number at all. That's Jonathan Brooks. Folks, let's take a look at Adonai Mitchell. What a game Adonai Mitchell had. What a game he had, man. 40, 45 to 50 points your average. He's, he's well above average, man. If, if you get a wide receiver that's that's pushing that number right there for an entire season, those are numbers that get you first-round draft pick, second-round draft pick. Those, those are those kind of numbers. Eight receptions on 12 um, targets, 149 yards, five first downs. So five out of those eight catches were for first down, 62.5% rate there for a wide receiver. Now, you see for the season here, you know, look, 80s numbers, man. Look at his Adonai's 100% first down per reception rate for one, two, three, four, five games. That means every time he's catching the ball, it's a first down. And you also, know, for the season here, let me scroll for the season. What you looking at? 83.8%. That's what you want to see. That's what you call a possession receiver, but he's just not your normal possession receiver. This is a guy with speed. He can take it deep down the field. One thing Adonai doesn't get a lot of is yak, which is yards after the catch, is because He's usually catching the stride for a touchdown or he's catching a nice ball like on the outside and, and he, he doesn't have room to run. Right. But, man, he is every time he's catching about 84 percent of the time he catching the ball is first down. Awesome. Eight touchdowns. All he do is catch touchdowns, folks. But for this game here. One touchdown for this game and two explosive plays, folks. Uh, so a 25 percent explosive play rate 
per reception. Man, and his successful play, seven out of those eight catches, 87.5%, 88% of the time he catches the ball for this game, it was a successful play. But, man, look, he's having a hell of a season, folks. Look at that, 69.61 NCM receiving, 576 yards, 15.57 yards per catch, 31 first downs out of those uh, 54 targets, 83.8%. Man, he's killing it. He's killing it. I'm sorry, 31 out of those 37 receptions, 83.8%, eight touchdowns, 22% touchdown per reception rate, folks. Outstanding. Eight explosive plays out of those 37 catches, 21.6% for those explosive play per reception rate. Folks, that's outstanding. One out of every five plays, basically. More than one out of every five plays, one out of every four and some change is what he's getting in explosive play. That's a play over 20 yards or more. I'm not doing the college summers of 15 yards. I do 20 or, yard, 20, 20 or more yards because that is what we look at as a, uh, explosive plays from the NFL side of the house. So I have a blended system that blends a little bit of college and a little bit of NFL. And I, and I think it gives me a, a better representation of the number when it comes to what we deem is truly outstanding for these athletes. But A.D. Mitchell had a game. Let's look at um, Worthy. Xavier Worthy, number one. X-Men. X-Men had a hell of a game, man. X-Men had a hell of a game, too. Um, no, yeah, my, my bad. He had a lot of targets. A lot of this ain't on him. A lot of this ain't on him, man. There are there were a few balls that hopped off the ground, but I love X-Men's grit on this, man. Five receptions, 48 yards, um, two first downs out of those five catches. X-Men and Malik, they are not in the same page. They just aren't. They're not on the same page, folks. And I don't know, like A.D. Mitchell, you know, Adonai Mitchell is Xavier Worthy's guy. That's his dude, right? That is his dude. And it's just something about him uh, to where he really trusts Adonai Mitchell. That is his guy, all right? What's up, Chicken? What's going on, man? When the <laughs> Chick Hey, guys, if you don't know, Chicken is a Sooner. Um, and he, yeah, and so he, here he is. He says, Boomer Sooner, it hurts. I get it. You know, but Chicken, like he, he always tunes in, folks, to the SEC Connect shows that we have and my shows here and also Steven's shows. Just a really good friend of the show. But, look, Xavier Worthy and, and, and Malik, they're not on the same page. Not like like Quinn. X-Man is Quinn's guy, right? Like he's going to force feed him the ball. Malik, his guy's Adonai. That's, that's his guy, right? So you're looking at um, what each guy really prefers. And I think also Malik really likes Cook. And as you can see, he went like Cook was in the game for two or three plays. I think he went at them all, like, like every play. <laughs> that's his guy too. That's that's his guy too. All right. So Hookham247 says, um, do y'all find it interesting that both TCU and Iowa State are night games? Yes, let's get into that in a minute. Give me a second. We're gonna get back to these comments in a minute. I'm gonna go over a few more of these stats, but you know, prior to me answering the questions. Let's go ahead and just look at the NCN offense number, and I'm gonna show just the difference between when Quinn's in the game and also when Malik's in the game. Our NCN number for the season, folks, is 54.07. It's dropped quite a bit here over these last two games. Um, we're on pace to hit, you know, to hit the yardage here from the 2021 season, not the 2022 season yet. We're well, maybe we got three more games plus a Big 12 championship game. If we get there, so that's four games plus a bowl game, five games. We'll we'll definitely hit that number. We will definitely hit that number. Um, but TD's 34. We need to up this up. Uh, maybe we hit that or not. 
Um, but, you know, but tackles for loss, we've only had 29 tackles for loss. So we're kind of on pace to not meet the mark for those other numbers. Only allow 17 sacks so far this year. Um, only have 18 turnovers this year and 32 penalties. Right now, I want you guys to look at these numbers, right? Against Rice, our NCN number was 44.5. Okay, first game. Look, first game, jitterbugs, it is what it is. Second game against Alabama, 69.67, outstanding NCN offensive number. Wyoming, 63.15, outstanding. Baylor, 65.23, outstanding. Kansas, 64.86, outstanding. OU, three turnovers, 30.49, not outstanding. Even though our successful play rate was not bad at all, right around 45%. But this was bad because we had those three turnovers. We come back on the offensive side of the ball against Houston, 62.74. Look, that game should have been a lot better than what it was on paper, but we we had to win. BYU, we had uh, – this, look, this is Malik's first game, 38.64. Kansas State, Malik's second game, 46.66. We're seeing a, a, a slight drop-off here. Well, not a slight, a pretty significant drop-off here on this number from the average of what we've had here in the first seven games prior to him playing. We get it. Um. Our lowest successful play rate with him as a quarterback at 38%. It's the lowest we had all season. And this is the third lowest we've had here for the season against BYU. Now, I will say this. It's Malik's first two games. We get it. But I tell you what, for Texas to go ahead and win this Big 12, man, Quinn. We need Quinn. This team was rolling. And I must admit, I was wrong. I was wrong. I won't say I was wrong, but... I think this, if we could have Quinn just have the deep ball ability of Malik Godly, you're talking about the perfect quarterback. <laughs> or if you have Malik with the deep ball in Quinn's intermediate game, perfect quarterback, right? So, you know, look, nobody's going to be perfect. Um, but for this team to win and, and continue to do their great things, I, I think we're going to need Quinn back in this game here pretty soon. Right. I think we can get past TCU without Quinn, but I think after that, I would say it's going to be a, a hell of a game, and Texas Tech's going to bring it. And you kind of want Quinn. You want him. So if we went out and get to this Big 12 championship game, we'll do great things. All right, let's look at the um, NCN defense, man. The defense, woo, we kicking butt this year. 59.38. Look at that defense and how we've gotten better every year. Bottom third, below average defense here. Bottom third in the country in 21. 22, we move into the top third. 23, look at this, almost hovering, almost at 60-point NCN. We're 59.38. Our successful play rate for our defense, 56.7%, higher than 52.39 last year and 46.45 the, the previous year prior to that. Think about this, folks. 2021, we allowed 42 touchdowns in 2021. We've only allowed 17. We've been through nine games. This defense is elite, elite. The defensive line is elite. We got 40 tackles for loss already. We got 23 sacks already. We got five fumble recoveries and 10 interceptions already. Eight fourth down stops and only 13 penalties, folks. We only got 13 penalties. And this is what a defense, this is what a, a, a Big 12 officiating crew that does not want to see Texas win. And we only got 13 defensive penalties this year. Outstanding. Look at these defensive numbers here for the season, folks. These dudes ain't playing. 70.42 against Rice, 64.79 against Bama at Bama, 42.62 against Wyoming. That was a little let off. 80.06 against Baylor. 
You know what I'm saying? 46.79 against Kansas, right? 36.79 against OU. Okay. Those were the out, well, that was the outlier. That was warranted. 63.1 against Houston. 77.73 against BYU, only allowing six points. 55.67 against Kansas State. This team is balling, folks. I ain't worried about this defense at all. At all. All right, folks, let me get off the, the shared screen. Let's remove that and let's get back and let's see these questions, man. Um, chicken says, yeah, chicken, I know it hurts for you, man. I know it hurts. You guys had a rough weekend. I ain't gonna talk about that though. Um, Hookham says, uh, do you find it interesting that both TCU and Iowa State are night games? Yeah, you know what? I knew the Iowa State was gonna be a night game. TCU been a night game is interesting because they're a four and five team, right? You would think they would want to get that game out of the way early, like early in the morning, get out of the way, right? But hey. Maybe Brett's gonna be at the game. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Cape goes just saying without any turnovers, this game would have been 49-7 at least. It would not have I'm with you, Kate. I'm with you. But hey, they happen. The turnovers happen. It is what it is, man. But I'm with you. With no turnovers, this is a cakewalk. <coughs> Our defense was was gangster for this game. It's a cakewalk. Paxson says in Texas Tech, yeah. Paxton says, rare fumble like Bijan last year against Tech. Yeah, that was the Jonathan Brooks game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all night games into the Big 12 championship. Exactly. Yeah. I need to get my ticket for the Texas Tech game, man. I'm I'm definitely going. I'll be in Austin for that weekend. So if you guys see me at the game, man, holler at me. Um, I'm not feeling night games in the road. Uh, Cape says, we played Alabama at night in the road. We'll be fine. Exactly. Exactly. Went to Tuscaloosa and did our thing. Um, Cape also says so was Baylor. X Paxton, true statement. X needs Quinn. Quinn is Quinn is his guy, man. Like Quinn loves some X, and you can tell he loves some X, man, because he forces him the ball. And it's not like it's they're bad throws. It's just that's his bread and butter, and he understands what he has. He probably practices with him the most. That's his guy. That's his guy. Uh, Dustin says, uh, judging by Sark's comments today, I would expect Quinn back. Possibly he's day to day now, right? He's day to day. Hey guys, if you want to actually dial into this show, cause you no, know, like this is like a live call in show. You can dial in, hit that link in the description or hit that link that I pinned in the comment section up top in the comments. You guys can dial in and voice your opinion as well. But yeah, Sark did say Quinn is day to day, right? He said he's day to day day-to-day man which is a big difference in what he said in the previous uh weeks where he was week to week right so man hey look if we get quinn back just hopefully if he comes back let's hope that he's healthy don't rush him back because i think we can beat tcu without quinn our defense is legit i think we can beat him without quinn set him a leak down assure that he gets the right passes off and lean on that running game lean on that running game man we got three stuff. We got four studs back there running the ball. Jonathan Brooks is a dope walker finalist. Um, probably now behind Ollie Gordon. Man, Ollie Gordon has been beasting it up. Man, he's leading the the country in rushing, if I'm not mistaken. And and he had a pretty damn good game against OU. Um, so yeah, but Brooks, man, Brooks is that guy. And Baxter is starting to mature. You're starting to see the maturation process in in CJ Baxter. Man, he's he's looking really good. He's looking really good. Um. Uh, Bevo says, or he could be trying to make TCU prepare for both quarterbacks. Interesting. Interesting. 
But I think Texas needs him back, Bevo. I think he, I think Texas needs him back. Cape goes, our defense is so good. We didn't just stop the run. We made teams completely abandon it. Yes. And so I want to make a comment. So Kieran kind of said this on the post-game show with me, him, and Steven on um, Saturday. The only way you beat Texas, man, is you got to throw the ball 50 times. You got to get us out of character. Our weak spot in our defense, and I'm not saying that these guys are weak, but this is when you look at, at the totality of the Texas defense, it's the defensive line is by far the best uh, piece of this team, followed by the linebackers, and then followed by the secondary. Not to say that the secondary is weak, because they are not. They are not weak at all. Good secondary. Very good secondary. Ryan Watts is getting drafted, folks. Jade Barron is getting drafted, folks. Like, we got guys back there that are going to play on Sundays, right? Derek Williams is going to be, he has first-round talent written all over him. Jalen Catalan is going to be on somebody's team next year in the league, folks, if he stays healthy, right? We got guys back there. It's just that our defensive line and our linebackers are so good, and we can get got deep. We don't have the speed in the uh, for the safeties, but I will say, Michael Taft, who I call Laffy Taffy, hey, man, Laffy Taffy, man, he always in the right place and getting them interceptions, man. I should, man, shout out to Taft, man. Shout out to Mike Taft, man. Um, but look, Sark said the entire team is healthy, even Catalan and Christian Jones. If that's the case, we're in good shape, folks. We're in great shape if that's the case. We just need Quinn to be back healthy, man. But I do not want to have Quinn be forced into the team and not be completely healthy. We need Quinn 100% healthy on this team, on this team, man, on this team. Um, let's take a look. Sark is weird on telling his injuries. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, Sark's, Sark's transparent. And that's one thing you got to love about Sark. He's a very transparent coach. Um, and I think that's why people are so endeared to him because they, they really do like Sark. I mean, he's honest. If, if he's wrong, he's wrong, but he's, he's very honest. Uh, folks, I want to get to some more stats very quick though. Third down metrics. Let's look at, man, look, Kansas State. Kansas State was two for 13 on third downs. Two for 13 on third downs, man. Um, Kansas State had a 15% third down, uh, successful play third down rate. Texas defense held Kansas State to a 15% third down completion rate, folks. Outstanding. They were one for three on third and shorts. Third and shorts, folks, are third and three yards or less. Texas held them boys to one out of three attempts, 33%. And on third and longs, third and longs are plays that are seven yards or more, one for eight. That's called defense, man. That's what you call defense, man. You got to love this defense that Texas is running. Now, I want to look at some plays at the personnel packages, right? And if I look at the personnel packages, um, Texas is Texas is, is always good in 12 personnel. It is the lowest percentage um, across the board uh, against any any uh, <coughs> excuse me any personnel package, right? Texas is uh, the opposing offense is only successful about 29 percent of the time in 12 personnel. 
I thought we were going to see more of that with Kansas in this game. They ran 11 plays at this game. They were only successful 36% of the time. They ran the bulk of their plays in 11 personnel, folks, 29 plays. They were successful 41% of the time. They ran the next biggest amount of plays, 21 plays at a 10 personnel, folks. 10 personnel, one running back, zero tight ends. 11 is one running back, one tight end. 12 is one running back, two tight ends. But 10 personnel, they ran it 21 times in this game. The, the Kansas State offense was only successful – 33% of the time. Texas, uh, Kansas State's su successful running play rate was 20%, folks. One out of every five plays was successful, meaning half the yards on first down, 70% on second down, all of it on third down. If it came on the fourth, all of it on fourth down. One out of every five plays. That's why they only had 40 yards or 42, whatever it was, on 28 carries. So, hey, man, Texas defense balled out. Let's get some questions, man. Let's let's get some questions. Um uh, Dustin says, Cape, I don't think he said they were all healthy. He did say they were all in the field practicing, could be taken. Exactly. They were all practicing, right? Um, so, yeah, I'm with Dustin. I guess I don't think he said they were healthy because Quinn's not all the way healthy yet. But he is throwing the ball around. Stark did say he had some light throwing around in his day-to-day. Um, Cape says, who was the last walk-on player we have that was as good as Tav? That's a good one. Um, Dylan Haynes, he was a walk-on, wasn't he? Wasn't Dylan Haynes a walk-on? I mean, Dylan Haynes, I know people don't like to hear about Dylan Haynes because of the BYU game and getting ran. Dylan Haynes, like fourth or fifth on Texas all-time for interceptions, right? I mean, like Dylan Haynes, he was a walk-on, right? Uh, Craig says, Nino, yes, Murphy isn't yours, but they, there are W's next to BYU. That's all that matters. What did I say, folks? We got to keep this train running. If we want to get the road to the Big 12 and possibly something better than that, we got to keep we got to keep winning. I don't care how it looks, we got to keep winning. Texas kept winning. All right? So shout out to Murphy and the team, uh, but this team needs Jewish back. <laughs> we do. We do. Quinn, if I talk mess about you, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. I'm admitting I'm sorry, big dude. I'm sorry. Um Yes, yeah, okay. Okay, okay. All right. It's absolutely great news. Uh see PK is good. Sam, yes. Sam, shout out to Sam here. PK is good. Yes. People want to give PK hell, man. What else do you want from a defensive coordinator? You guys saw the stats I put up there on just what PK has done since he's been here and how good the defense has gotten since he's been here. We started out bottom third the first year. Second year, top third. This year, outstanding. We're playing elite defense. My boy Nash Talks Texas put a, um, a tweet out today. He said that if Texas was in the SEC, this would be the number one run defense in the SEC. Now, I know we got to take a look at the, the level of talent that we're playing compared. We're not playing Ole Miss, and we're not playing A&M, and we're not playing um, Tennessee, and we're not playing the Arkansas. And I'm not saying these guys are world beaters, but uh, they might be a little bit better than Baylor, right? Wyoming. They might be a little bit better than uh, uh, Houston, BYU. Even though BYU did beat Arkansas. Wow. Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas goes and beats Florida in the swamp. Another conversation. Um, Drew says, yeah, but if they convert to fourth down, Drew's – all right, Drew, so what do you mean by this, Drew? What's that one say? No, Schooler wasn't a walk-on. Cape Schooler was a transfer from Oregon. Uh, play play press coverage on money downs. <laughs> hey man, I 
I don't know if you're joking or not, Dustin, but I'm kind of with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want the nine yards off. Like, I want hands on the I want hands on the receivers, man. I want hands on the receivers, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah. Matt Schnell said the best. Yeah, Schooler was a transfer from Oregon to ASU. I didn't know he was an ASU though, Schnell. I didn't know that, man. Um, yeah, exactly, Dustin. I'm with you. Play 10 yards off the opponent in these. <laughs> hey, in the previous game, not this game, but the game against BYU when it was third and two or whatever, and we were nine yards off. So I think that was Gavin Holmes. He didn't play the rest of the game. So I think I don't think that was on coaching. I think that was on the player. And I don't think he played the rest of the game that game. Uh so yeah, I think that was a teachable moment from him. You know, so yeah, I like a lot of this stuff, man. I'm gonna sound like Sark when I say this. Execution. We gotta execute better, man. We gotta execute better. And I'm gonna sound like somebody else. Winning's hard. I know. Don't beat me up. Don't beat me up. Um Sam says, yes, press on third and fourth and short, and he's the best DC in America. Yeah. And and, and, and folks, you know what's crazy? He has the personnel to, to press, right? Ryan Watts at the boundary, he is going to press. That is his job, right? A guy like Manny Muhammad, you got Malik Muhammad, the long arms, physical. That's his kind of game, too. Terrence Brooks, that's it. Terrence Brooks should not be playing nine yards off anybody any day of the week. This guy is 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 the perfect press corner. Like this guy can man up. He's because these guys aren't four three guys. They're, they're high four four, low four five guys, right? So they can't match you with speed. They got to match you with knocking you off your route and physicality. And I think we have the guys with the perfect build for that. You you see what Ryan Watts is? How supportive he is in the run game and tackling. Ryan Watts is a dude. He's a dude, man. Terrence Brooks, a dude. Manny Muhammad, a dude. You know what I'm saying? Next year we're getting Santana Wilson, a dude. Man, like we got guys who can do a little bit of everything, man. Um, Jet Bush was a walk-on, but uh, I don't. I, I wouldn't call him one of the best walk-ons we've had. Like Taft is balling. Like he is. You know, Jet Bush had a hell of a game this last game. Defense was outstanding this game. Jet Bush, the one play to tackle, it was him and Derek Williams on on, on a third down play. Um, and I, look, honestly, I thought the. When the catch was made, the guy can run for a first down. Jet Bush comes in, hits him in the low, bam. Derek Williams up top, bam, knocks him down, man. Fourth down, punt the ball. Shout out to Jeff Bush. Craig says, uh, who do we have in depth on D-line that can at least try to uh, copy Sweat and Byron? Um, you talking about Craig for this year or next year? Are we talking this year or next year, uh, uh, Craig? Because this year... If it's this year, nobody can copy Sweat. He he's a one of one. That's why he's getting comps right now to be a top a top pick in the draft. That's why he's being a he's being comp right now to be a first round draft pick, especially if he tests well. And he's going to test really well. He has great great feet, great feet. All right, so Craig says next year, next year. Okay, so the question up here, Sadir Mitchell. He's the he is the body type that Sweat is. He's the only person on this roster with a body type of sweat. And Sadir, he's he's like freakishly athletic too as well. And he's 340, 350, somewhere around there. Right? Byron Murphy. Who's a dog like Byron Murphy, man? Man, that's tough. Byron Murphy's a different, he's a different animal, guys. I don't know if you guys you know, like know the team from like 03, 04, 05. But Byron Murphy reminds me of Larry Dibbles, 
Um, but just freakier of an athlete. Ser- like Dibbles was good. He's a starting defensive tackle on national championship team. Him and uh, uh, we had Tim Crowder at defensive end. And, uh, was it Big Franco Cam? Was it Franco Cam or was it Rob? White? It was Rob Wright and Big Dibbs. Man, Byron Murphy is like Larry Dibbles on steroids. Like he he is like what we would have dreamed Dibbles probably would have been. Byron Murphy is he is that he is a freak of an athlete. I mean, do you see how cut he is to be that big? Like dudes ain't supposed to be that big and that cut, man. You know, like <laughs> I'm just being for real. Byron Murphy's a dog, man. He's a dog, and that's no side on Larry Dibbles. Larry Dibbles was a dog. Like that's my dude back in college, man. Larry Dibbles was a dog, man. Byron Murphy is like Larry Dibbles on another level, like which is hard to even cope because Larry Dibbles was a national championship starter on a defensive line cup of coffee in the nfl kind of guy that could ball man big dibs could ball man um but in saying that who who is the next byron murphy on this team i think we're going to look at different different caliber guys right i think pk likes to have those big defensive linemen that's where you're seeing like a um uh, and and you know january and a uh deandre robinson these guys are already 330 pounds or so right coming in next year and both of them are coming in early if i'm not mistaken as far as seeing a melvin hills who's already just as big as a byron murphy and he's still 18 years old in high school which i got to talk to melvin because we're supposed to have a, a podcast together i need to get him you know back on the show um on the roster now trill carter's going to come in he's going to be a great run stopper for this team uh vernon Brighton's going to be back right um who else who else we got does alfred collins come back that's the question does alfred collins come back if alfred collins comes back this yeah i think he should come back also don't think this team is not going to hit the portal hard for defense alignment because look, look folks players know we're going to the sec next year Players are seeing what we're doing this year, 8-1. If Texas wins out, we're 11-1. Players see that, that this team's on the up and up. Perfect opportunity for somebody who wants to come in and shine and see that a guy like Adonai Mitchell can come in and get a year in and go to the league. See a guy like Cheryl Carter come in, and he, he came and hurt, but be developed and be able to play and do great things here at Texas because that's going to happen next year. We're seeing guys like Keelan Robinson be used, and maybe Keelan goes on to be an undrafted free agent. Um, we're seeing that the transfer portal, Jalen Catalan, has come in and started games for us before. And our guys have played well this year, not last year per se, but this year they have played well and called upon from the transfer portal. And this, I think, is going to be an awesome opportunity. Uh, for this to be a destination spot for transfer guys because for one thing it's austin texas um it is the university of texas texas is going to the sec and it's going to be a great opportunity for somebody to come in and shine and put a lot of great tape out there um cape says i'll say this though about the big 12 kansas is looking to dominate the league once we leave yeah yeah you know i wouldn't say dominate man look there's gonna be good teams um i think colorado's gonna do good things next year 
I think once Dion goes and gets his Louis Luggage on the offensive line, because they're they're stacked in skill positions. They need offensive line. When Dion gets offensive line. It can be very interesting because he's not going to be playing Oregon and Washington and USC, and you know he's not going to be playing those. Those those are some juggernauts this year. UCLA is a good team this year too as well. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. When Pac-12 canceled the season because of COVID, he and uh, KB brother transferred to Texas and Tech. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next year, next year. Oh yeah, we're talking about. Uh, Byron Murphy, he's a dog, exactly. Trill Carter, yeah, yeah. Trill Carter, as I said. Look, Matt, hey, Schnell, Sadir needs to be working up DeAndre. Needs to be working up DeAndre. What, hey, Schnell, I don't know what you mean by that. Aaron Bryant, man, thank you for that one. Aaron Bryant, I think, is going to be one of those sleepy guys that nobody talks about. He's just a lonely three-star. You know what I'm saying? Just a lonely three-star uh, coming from Mississippi that everybody in the SEC wanted. And people forget if the if, if it's not the sexy names that come here, people kind of forget about them. Aaron Bryant's been cooking in the lab for the last two years, getting his weight up, getting his maturity up, letting his body, you know, uh, get into a Division One program. Oh yeah, I can see Aaron Bryant doing great things here at Texas next year. Texas is is stacked, but please don't think that this team isn't going to go to the portal if they have to to go get guys. Peyton Kirkland, man. Peyton Kirkland's on the offensive side of the ball. So, yeah, at tackle. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Utah is coming to the Big 12, ain't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Utah going to be the king of this. <laughs> hey, man, Utah going to be the king of this, man. Utah going to be the king of the, uh, the, uh, the Big 12. But, yeah. But, folks, man, hell of a game, man. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Does this team win out? If Quinn can't play until the Big 12 championship game, tell me just what you guys think. What do you guys think? Let me go into Sam's comment. Both turns three stars in the studs. Can't wait to see five star D line coming to the 40 soon. Yes, and we got them coming. We got the four star guys coming in January, um, you know, Robinson. Uh, but yes, Flood has done great things with Byron Murphy. And we're seeing the, just a the player he is, man. Um, Flood has turned around uh, Coburn. Coburn is. In the league now, right? He he had a down year, and then he comes the his second year, and you can just tell the development was just all there. Um, we see what sweat. We always knew the talent was there. We just needed somebody to get these guys to believe and bring it out of them. And I tell you what, man, we are blessed to have a guy like Bo Davis, and awesome. But hey, let's talk about a little bit of Oklahoma this right now. Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. Fellas, what y'all think about that game, man? Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. Shout out to Okie State. Right? I say screw that. <laughs> screw that. I don't give a damn about Oklahoma. Um, but somebody else made the comment. I think it was Steven made the comment to me. On the post game show, he's like Oklahoma State wins. Oklahoma State, I think, is the only team. It is the only team that Sark hasn't beaten in the Big Twelve. It's Oklahoma State. So Stevens like let him win out and let us win out and let's go to the Big Twelve championship game and let Sark put it on him. And he'll leave this thing and he'll beat Gundy. And he'll beat every coach here in the big yeah every coach in the Pac twelve. I mean in the Big Twelve. 
before going to the SEC and winning that championship. Um, so Cave says he thinks we will team going out with Malik or Art. Nicks that out of the conversation. Um, go check out uh, Lando. You know, uh, he put a tweet out there or a short on YouTube. Lando from the Lando Show, good friend of mine too as well. Where look, Sark knows what he has in Malik. He's not going to take Malik out to put a true freshman in. They just played two A ball in Louisiana six months ago or seven, whatever. He's not going to let that happen. We're almost a year ago now. Damn, it's already November. He's going to stick. Sark's, Sark is, he's a quarterback, folks. He understands what it's like to look over your shoulder. That's why he has the utmost confidence in his guys. He doesn't pull these guys because he wants them to believe that if you make a mistake, you're not going to get yanked. I know we're having problems with this this year now with Malik. People are calling for Arch to come in. Last year against Texas Tech, we had the same situation where Quinn was a turnover machine against Texas Tech. But what did Sark do? What did Sark do? No, I'm sorry, not Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. Against Oklahoma State, Sark, what did he do? He stuck with Quinn. He let him know, for better or worse, you my dude. You're my guy. He instilled confidence in him because he knows he's a young quarterback. And he's going to need it. And those are the moments that make him who he is today. Quinn has a very, um, uh, he has a very one play at a time memory. Nothing really rattles him. If he throws a pick, you'll see him on the sideline like nothing happened. That's Quinn. That's what you need in a quarterback as far as the mental aspect. And it's one thing that I didn't notice about Malik. He, you can tell, he he reminds me of, um, he reminds me like, uh, look, I'm going to sound old. He reminds me of my son. My son is a perfectionist, right? He is a perfectionist. He, I'm telling you, man, you got to see him play football. Um, you got to see him play tennis. He plays soccer. Um, if, if he doesn't score a touchdown on every play in football, like he's really good. If he doesn't if he doesn't score a touchdown in Little League on every play, he starts to tear up. Like he wants to be great that bad. He wants to be that great that bad all the time. He wants to be good all the time. He wants everything to be a home run. And I had to explain to him, like, son, you live another day. Ten yards is a first down. You get your first down, you live for another four plays. Uh, but he he knows he has the talent to do great things, so he always continues to try to do the best. And it's nothing wrong being the best, but if you don't get the big play all the time, there's nothing wrong with it. That's Malik. Malik is his toughest critic. You can see it. You can see it. When he makes a mistake, he is so down on himself. And that's the only knock I have on Malik is that you have to live another play. He has an infectious attitude. You can tell people love him. Um, you can tell people want to see him do great. Uh, but he's but he's young. He'll learn. And Sark's going to teach him. I think we all understand. Sark is going to teach him this, folks. He's he's going to teach him this. Sometimes the best play is a is a is a is a boring play. 
It's nothing wrong with throwing the ball out of bounds, right? It's nothing wrong with taking the sack if it means that you can punt the ball. But Malik knows he has the talent to do great things, and so he maybe tries to force it and do things that he used to do in high school. The windows are so much smaller in college. The players are so much faster. Um, the talent level is immense, and, I'll, and he's not probably used to that, right, on a daily basis. Um, so in saying that, Malik, is a, you can tell he, he's a perfectionist. He is a perfectionist. So, yeah. Uh, Sam goes, from the question I asked, do we win out if if we trust Malik to if if we if we ask Malik to come in and do this for us for the for the rest of the season? He goes, yes, his team is built different. It may be ugly, but they can win out. I trust I trust Murphy to improve with you. I do too. I do too. He's got to take care of the ball a little bit more. Um, but this team has a different mental makeup, folks. Um, it's it's really good to see, to be honest with you. Oh, you might lose West Virginia too. They should have lost to us. But it is what it is. Yeah, I'm with you, folks. I'm with you. As, as much as I wanted to give a to to give uh, Murphy a chance this year, it's clear that at this point in his development, Quinn Ewers gives us a better shot winning the bit. Yeah, he does. He does. And, yeah, and you know, I think it's pretty evident. We all see it. We all see it. Craig says yes. This year, Texas defense is too good uh, to just break down. Uh, Murphy is a guy, and he led an offensive drive to give Texas a. Uh, D a chance to win a close, close game, in my humble opinion. Yeah, I can see that. Our defense is great. Sounds like Sark will continue to be aggressive. And I, and look, all gas, no breaks, right? That's what the hat says. He's living by the moniker. I have no problems with it. Take the points when you can. But if there's opportunity where you need to be aggressive, be aggressive, Sark. I'm with you. You're a dog. Look at Jalen Mills' progress since the loss to Texas. Exactly. And I think that's where we can get, but don't. But the difference is, we're asking Malik to come in and do this when we got a lot to play for. So you get wins where you can get them, but we we got to start getting some uh, some sexy wins here for this team, man. But folks, man, look, it's almost been an hour. Thank you guys for tuning in, man. It's been great to hear from you guys. You guys are like some of the best fans in college sports, man. Texas football fans are some of the best here in the country. I think our content providers, I think we're some of the best here in the country for any school. Um, you know, we of course you got myself and you got Steven and you got Texas Homer and you got Nash Toss Texas and you got Lando from the Lando show. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just so many of us, man. We, we do uh, our best job to make sure we get you guys the best talent. You got Karen doing stuff at overtime and stuff, but Man, look, man, we do as, as much as we can to assure that you guys are getting the best product out. And I'm we're really I'm I'm, I'm speaking for all of us because we all talk in the back channels all the time. Speaking for all, of us, we really appreciate the love that you guys show us, man. Um, so that's why we, we come up with this great content for you guys, because you guys make it fun. So, folks, on that note, man. Look, in this podcast, like in all of them, do you? Don't be afraid to fail. I grow your environment. Understand your brilliance. Horns always up. Nino's corner. I'm out. And like that thing says, all gas, no brakes, baby. Next week, beat TCU.